0: I'm Mike Gorman, and you're listening to the Celtics Pod podcast for Celtics Blog. Here's your host, Adam Taylor. What's up, Celtics fans? Happy Monday. Just me today. There's no Will, there's no Greg, there's no guest. But I wanted to record this early morning UK time after I'd managed to watch the Summer League game twice. That way I can kind of give you the best Breakdown of what I saw from the game. Hopefully, you'll agree with some of the points. Maybe you won't agree, but that's just the way this always goes, right? I think we'll start off where the most obvious place to start off is, and that's with Yamada or Yamador, as everybody was saying during the broadcast. I was personally excited to see him play, but I also didn't expect him to be great in his first game against increased competition level. I think it's a big step up step up from the Israeli league into the summer league, and then if he does stay around to play in the NBA. That's going to be another step that he has to kind of navigate as as and when that comes. But for his first game in the Summer League, I think he was one of the best players on the floor. The Celtics were down, a real slow start in typical Celtics fashion. Nothing new there. I forgot how frustrating that can be when they're just not making shots to begin games. Didn't expect it to translate over to the Summer League, but there we go. But then Yamador comes in, all of a sudden... The energy level picks up. He's chasing guys down. He's operating in a full court single man press on on the ball. He was like super creative. Managed to get that nice pocket pass to begin with. There was a couple of good swing passes. He was drawing oohs and ahs from the crowds. There was just a lot to like about how Yamador was playing, simply because of the energy level. If anyone follows me on Twitter, I'd put out a little like a. Uh, fake conversation between Yam and Marcus Smart saying like hey Marcus how do I get a contract and Marcus replying like hustle your butt off and then Yam saying bet coming into the summer league and then just hustling hard he hit that nice turnaround fadeaway jumper at one point he hit um, that nice floater as well I think in the third it was like a teardrop floater he flashed a really diverse offensive game looked super clued up defensively had a few times where he stepped in front of guys and got steals or got tip passes high energy level. I think that if he can perform like that all the way through Summer League, then we could be looking at a guy that could possibly make the roster. He would be an end-of-bench roster guy, and it may be that he's offered a two-way deal, but I do think there's more money in Europe for him than there is in the, the G League. So if he doesn't make the roster, expect him to get stashed away again for another season. Personally, I think that he did offer some penetration at times, and that was really cathartic, especially when we look at how the Celtics have been a perimeter-based offense for so long and anyone that follows anything that I say about the Celtics, I've been begging for people to penetrate more just because of what it does to the defense and how it creates open-shot opportunities. So seeing Madar do that, Mador, sorry, do that early was super encouraging for me. And if he can do that consistently and make the right decisions out of those plays, then fantastic. Find him a roster spot, find him some consistent minutes of 8 to 10 minutes a night if that's all, he can, all he's ready for. He is still quite skinny, a bit like a built like a beanpole. So he will need to put on some muscle. He will need to improve that frame because once he gets into the, the NBA and he's playing against the bigger, stronger players, he's going to get bullied a little bit. And that would be my biggest concern for him is how he navigates screens, how he navigates people back screening him on defense. Does he have the physical strength to actually get through in traffic and make those reads? It's all one and good in Summer League where everybody's a bit more open. Defense is always secondary. But once you're in the NBA and guys are hedging you and they're digging in on you and you're getting tagged by the role mate, there's a lot more to it. And I'm just concerned his physicality might not be at the, the level that the rest of his technical game is at. And that could hinder him in the NBA this year. But again, you don't know until you try. And a year with an NBA um, physical coaching system could be exactly what Mador needs in order to take that next step. So it swings on about super encouraging performance from him. Very excited to see what he does for the rest of summer league. And then very curious to see what happens with him and his contract and whether he makes it in the NBA this year or not. That's going to be a good narrative that we can follow throughout the next couple of weeks. I think that was the starting point, right? I mean, we needed to talk about Yamador. He was the reason a lot of people tuned in. Another guy that the Celtics drafted in the second round I'm going to butcher his name. So um, if somebody wants to send me like a a tweet with the basketball reference pronunciation kind of thing, then fine. But it was like Juhan Begarin or Begarin, whatever it may be. Um, I thought he played quite well. He had two three-point shots. Both of them come off good relocations. He was like, he found himself around the low post. Relocated out to the strong corner to receive the pass and then hit both buckets. The thing that I like most about that was the intelligence to make that relocation because not only does that open up the floor for him so he can get those open looks, but if somebody's making a cut off the wing, one well now does space for them to cut into rather than everything being clogged. So that IQ, that basketball IQ that he displayed just on those two plays, and I'm not saying it was like otherworldly or anything, it was just the right play. But at this level, what will make or break you is making those right decisions, making the right play at the right time, creating space for others. Coaches will be looking for that sort of thing, and Begarin showed that he can do that twice over in very consistent time. There was also sometimes where you could see his athleticism. He looked a lot bigger than I expected him to be, but he's super, super raw. Uh, some of his shot selection wasn't great. He seemed a little bit tentative once he got on ball. I don't think this is a year for him to come over. NBA athletically, he's NBA ready. I don't think there's any question about that from terms of physical standpoint, from physical stature, athletic ability. He's more than ready to go and play in the NBA. Skill-wise, I think there's probably another year, maybe two of development that he could have that would really put him in a good position to come over and make impact. I don't want this to be another Yabusele kind of scenario where he comes over too early because he wants to be in the NBA doesn't develop the way he needs to because he's on the bench and he's down in Maine. And then it's just, you know, he goes over back to Europe and carves out a great career in Europe. Well, you're already in Europe, there's no point coming to the NBA and failing when you could stay there for one year, two years more, and then come over and actually make an impact and have an opportunity to make the roster, whether that be in Boston or elsewhere. I like the idea of come and go for the summer league, testing yourself against that level of opposition, figuring out what you need to work on to get better. And then hopefully, you know, you go back to Europe, in France, wherever you want to play. If you want to move to a different European league, go for that too. And work on that stuff and then come back next summer and you can test your growth. And that gives us chance to, us as in fans, a chance to see that growth. And then it gives the franchise chance to kind of, help you along your way and make sure that when you are on an NBA floor, it's because you can make an instant impact. I don't want this guy to just be relying on athletic ability and again, sitting at the end of the bench or spending all his time in Maine where it's it's going to be good for his development, but he'd get better development in Europe as a starting guy than he would in the, the G League where everybody's just trying to get their number called. I think that's going to be the difference. So personally, I'd like to see him throughout the summer league and then I'd like to hear of him going back to to France to continue his development, and we'll see that guy again next year. That's pretty much all I've got on beggar in I mean there's a chance he could work out as a second round pick there's a chance he couldn't, but the athletic ability, the physical body that he's got the that is super encouraging for a guy so young. All he needs to do now is let his skill set catch up with that physical body, learn how to use that athleticism to his advantage, especially in open court situations or as an off-ball cutter that can offer some vertical spacing or can offer some secondary plays, off rebounds and stuff, once he learns to utilize his athleticism that way, he's going to have a decent career. I'm quite encouraged by him, but again, I'm not at the point where I think he could make it in the NBA right now. And that brings us on to the bigs. The the big man rotation for the Summer League was awful. It's the Summer League, so we're not going to get too upset about it. None of those bigs are making a roster. Let's be honest, I'll be shocked if they make any roster if we're being quite fair to ourselves. G League, I can see super raw, bad decisions. I feel like um, their defense wasn't great. They were constantly caught out of position. They were constantly caught from back cuts. Offensively, they didn't offer much. The rebounding was an issue. You found the guards and wings were rebounding more than the bigs. I understand it. It just was, you know, it is what it is. But at the same time, you do like to see it, regardless of whether it's during the season, during the playoffs, or during the summer league, you like to see a big man make his presence felt, and that just wasn't the case for the Celtics. Not going to spend too much time there because none of them project to make the roster. They're just there to get some developmental minutes, put themselves in the shot window for other teams, and then hopefully they can carry on with their development, which is going to need to be a lot of development. It was quite bad from a big man perspective. I just wanted to put that out there because obviously the Celtics do have that open two-way spot. And people know I've been quite critical of Taco Fall's development and and he, what he offers outside of just height. But I'd much rather Taco than any of the big men we saw on that Summer League. I'm going to be straight up. I think Taco offers you a lot more. To be honest, if he's coming back on another two-way deal, I would have preferred him to be in Summer League. So he could have got more reps. But maybe he's working on stuff with coaching staff elsewhere. We just don't know. Ideally, though, if he's coming back on a two-way deal, I would have much preferred him in that starting lineup and I understand the reasons for and against that. So you can take from that what you will. And that leads us on to the actual Celtics players. We can touch on Sam Houser in a moment as well, because I liked some things, I didn't like some things. But I really want to get to Romeo Langford. Everyone knows, you know, I've got all the stock in Romeo right now. And it feels like I bought high and I'm gonna have to sell low. Or maybe I bought low and I've got to sell at the floor. That's how it's feeling right now. A third year guy should be dominating. He should be separating himself from everybody else on that floor. The only guy that should be making as much of an impact as him is arguably Peyton Pritchard because of the amount of time he spent in college. We'll get to Pritchard in a moment too. But just sticking with Romeo for a moment, the same issues just seem to be there. Uh, One of the things I've been super vocal about, I feel like I'm beating the same drum every time I see him play, is he just gets pushed off his driving lines. He's a slasher that doesn't slash. How can you be a slasher that can't slash? He drives to the hoop, somebody slides over, and he tries to go around them rather than through them. I get it. The one time he did try and go through someone, it ended up as a charging foul, no basket. It was super frustrating, very demoralizing, I'm assuming, for Romeo but that's the sort of play he needs to make. He needs to absorb that contact, fight through that contact and get to the rim. It's not going to be easy like it was in high school. It's not going to be easy like it was in college. You can't just run at these guys and expect them to just give you an open driving lane or you can't expect to find little gaps to sliver through. You're in the NBA now. People are going to make sure that those lanes are closed and it's your job to figure out what to do. So you've either got to drop that shoulder or start utilising footwork more. But at the moment... That driving ability, just I don't have faith. When I see him drive the ball, I never expect him to get into the paint. And that's frustrating because he doesn't have that sidestep jumper, that step-back jumper. We haven't seen him flash afloat again. So where's the offense coming from if you're not at the rim? It's a big thing for me because I feel like his ceiling is so high and his floor is so low. And the one thing that we, he needs to really work on right now is tightening that handle and getting through that contact into the rim. If you feel like you've got a game in there, Romeo, where you can let that floater go or you can let that that step-back jump shot go or you can hezy dribble and do something from there, do it because this is a point now where you're you're going to be earning minutes. You've got Brad Stevens in the stands. You've probably got Ima Udoka watching the film within a few hours of the game ending if he's not watching it live, depending on where he is in the world. I just feel like this is an opportunity for him to really cement some rotation minutes. We've, we've seen the defense from him in the NBA. So if it looks a bit shoddy in the, in the summer league, that's fine. I don't care. It's a scrappy game. It's a scrappy type of play. Everybody's fighting for recognition. If your defense isn't great, it's okay. We know you can do that in the NBA. We've seen it for two years. It's how you've minutes previously. But your offensive game is where the questions are. And at the moment, you're not answering those questions. Third year, a guy with NBA experience, with NBA playoff experience, and you look like everybody else on the floor. That's a problem to me. I need you to be the best guy on the floor at all times. Now, maybe that's because he didn't have the ball in his hands much. Peyton Pritchard had the ball in his hands a bunch. They were finding touches for Madar. Madar had the ball in his hands a bunch. Madar, Madar, I'm going to keep butchering that for a few weeks, I'm guessing. But if you want romeo to show you he's developed you need to give him the opportunity to show it you can't just ask the guy to play off ball and then all of a sudden he gets the ball and has to drive an attack he needs to find a rhythm you need to give him more opportunities to run the run the offense there was a little bit in the first quarter where he was point guard romeo And we got the driving dish. We got a few penetrations that, you know, there was some dump-off passes. Everything was looking good. And then all of a sudden, you took the ball out of his hands. No, he's feeling it after that first quarter. Feed him the rock and let him get to work. Let him show that he can run as a point forward because those are where he's going to get that type of play. That position, that role is where he's going to get minutes for the Celtics. So you need to start letting him show that he can do it because if he can't, then it's going to be another year with very limited minutes off the bench. And then you either don't develop him as a player that can help you in the future, or he has no trade value and you have to sell low on him, where there's a chance that he goes somewhere else that gives him a role and he figures it out. It, it's a double-edged sword. So I do think that he needs to be given a bigger role in the, in the offense in Summer League. And that might and should, come at the expense of somebody that was far too good to be on that floor, was clearly a cut above everybody else in the way he approached the game. He approached it in a very professional manner. We're talking about Peyton Pritchard. I remember at halftime, Pritchard was like, as a point guard, your job is to get everybody else going first and look hunt for your job secondary. Your jobs, your shots secondary. And that's exactly what he did. He was team guys up with some nice passes, flashed a little bit of creation out of the pick and roll. One of the questions um, Brendan had when he first got drafted last year was how is he going to create for your others? When he's that little bit slow off that first step, Pritchard needs a few steps to build that pace up. Ansah, a stick handle, same as last year. He's got he's got a dribble package for the ages. Um, well, not for the ages. I feel like that's going kind of a bit too far. But he's got a good dribble package. Let's be fair. I wouldn't say it's like top tier or anything. Maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. It was summer league after all. But he can dribble. He can handle the rock. He's got it on a string. That first step is less of an issue when you have good passing vision, when you have the ability to stay calm, when a defense hedges over that pick and roll. Nobody can go under on him. You go under a pick and roll on Peyton Pritchard, he's draining freeze in your face. To be fair, he could run a pick and roll at the logo and still drain a free in your face. We saw him make logo shots in this game. And that's important too. The spacing that he provides, the poise that he plays with, the calmness. He can penetrate, he can set guys up, he was scoring from deep, he got some offensive rebounds, defensively played well. He shouldn't be on the floor in the next few games. If he does play, it's for a couple of minutes just because he's made the trip to Vegas, but it's clear that he's the best player on the floor last night, and I think that if you want guys like Romeo to show what they can do, if you want the Amador to show that he can run an offense as well, Peyton Pritchard needs to be the guy taken out of the rotation. Because he's not getting anything from it and realistically his presence there is actually taking away from guys that need to show their development. Pritchard is guaranteed a role in the rotation next year. I think that if you look at all of the recent draft picks from Romeo to Neesmith to Pritchard to Grant to Rob, outside of Rob Williams' impact, no one's more impactful than than Neesmith, I think, sorry, than um, Pritchard. So I think that you need to give him the opportunity to kind of sit down, stay healthy, not risk any injuries because he's going to have a role to play next year. And that does open up that opportunity to run the offense a little bit more for Romeo, gives the ball to Medora a bit more. And and I think we should all be happy with that. That means that Pritchard is at a level where he just doesn't need summer league. He came into into the NBA quite polished. He's polished his game more during the season and then it looks like he's added a few things to his game during the offseason. His um, penetration passing was fantastic in this game. Absolutely fantastic. And that's cathartic to me because there hasn't been enough high-low passing on entry passes at least from the guards for the Celtics for a few years now. So I- I'm more than happy to say thank you for your time, Peyton Pritchard, but you can go and just chill in the casinos, go get some sun on the lounges, you know, just live it up. Maybe go sit in the stands with Jalen, get some popcorn, do what it is whatever you want to do and let everybody else get to it because right now, you're just wasting everybody's time dude you're just too good on the floor I will say that I did like um I did like some of the stuff he did it was funny dropped one guy it was fun I enjoyed it and then we move on to Smith, who I thought wasn't that bad but he wasn't that great either got hot for a very short period of time from free by heart I mean he actually made a free and then took another one and didn't go in um defense you know he was hustling exactly what you expect from him he does look a bit bigger physically he was attacking more, I've said this a few times now, the Celtics drafted a sharp shooter and ended up with a two-way wing prospect. It's, it is what it is at this point. I think that that's good because Lee Smith was the best shooter in last year's draft. He is still a very talented shooter. He's still being asked to shoot more after dribble than he is after catch, and maybe that's where my biggest question mark's come in. I want to see him coming over them pin downs and just hitting straight off the catch like he did in college and then once he gets consistent there and he's got a rhythm there, well, now we can start building up to those after-dribble pull-up threes, which I think he's more than capable of making uh, either this season or next. I think that's going to be a development we see. His dribble package looks a little bit tighter than what Romeo's did, which it does, which is shocking, especially when he's getting downhill. I like the way that Smith attacks with real urgency and intent, doesn't let anybody phase him, gets to the rim when he needs to get to the rim, makes smart decisions when defences rotate over and close out. There's still development to go there, but he's looking like he could be decent. Again, a second-year player, you'd expect more of an impact from him. He didn't make that much of an impact, so I'd like to see him take it on himself a little bit more to kind of force a few of his um, offensive drives, force a few more shots up, because at the end of the day, you're, you're a guy that's fighting for actual NBA rotation minutes. Most of the guys in the Summer League are fighting just for an NBA roster spot. Huge difference. You've got experience, you've played in some decent-sized games now, I want you to be more assertive in calling for the ball, demanding the ball, and demanding a larger share of the offense. It's all well and good saying, well, your role is to be supplementary, but at the same time, you're one of the senior players on this team. It's your job to demand the ball and start leading that offense when they're struggling to fire, when they're fighting. This game should have been close against Atlanta. Skylar Mays is good. I'll give him that. Sharif Cooper, solid. I'll give him that. But at the same time, Boston came into this with Peyton Pritchard, Romeo Langford, Aaron Neesmith. Those three names alone should have dominated that game. Then you throw in there, Yamador that actually did change the tide of that game. Then you throw in Sam Hauser, that we're getting to right now, one of the best three-point shooters coming out of college. Ridiculous. We missed a 50-40-90 season by 0.4% on his free-throw shooting. That's a, that's a kicker. because I mean, But at the end of the day, that's not the difference between getting drafted and going undrafted, 0.4%. At this point, everybody knows Sam Hauser can shoot. The questions were about his defensive ability. Athletically, he looks really limited. Defensively, he looks like he'd need to be hidden quite a lot in the NBA. Uh, easy to attack. He got messed up for right a couple of crossovers. He, easy to get stuck in the mud. I feel like if you can fake him, so he plants his foot as he like sending one way, let him plant his foot and then go the other way, he just doesn't have the lateral sp- quickness, the lateral speed to recover and close back out. Once you've got him committed to a, a direction, if you can change direction and you've beat him, it's that simple. And that's going to be frustrating for Celtics fans. But what he does offer in that floor spacing, the ability to step inside when guys close out and hit that two, which he showed in this game, I think there's a role for him. The Celtics needed shooting off the wing. Why not give a guy that's a 40% three-point free shooter? I think it was like a 50% two-point shooter. Why not give him an opportunity? I'd like to see him, again, get some plays called for him coming off hammer sets. I think hammer screens would do wonders for Sam Hauser. Um, maybe you just want to ask him to lift up off the corner onto the wing and hit threes. I don't care what it is you ask him to do. Put him in a position and ask him to fire more threes. You don't bring in a three-point shooter and only let him shoot three or four four threes. I want him to shoot a lot because he should be making those shots. And we need to see how he does, again, against increased competition at an increased pace, you're not going to get a chance to set your feet at this level. And then when you move up to the next level, you're going to get even more of a shorter window. So I want to see what he's capable of with defences just flying it in from left, right and centre. And then again, on defence, his, his defensive flaws, his lack of athleticism. These are all reasons he went undrafted, but it weren't like Boston were the only team interested in bringing him into Summer League. They weren't the only team interested in offering him a two-way deal. There's a chance that could get ver- converted into a full-time gig um, if he pr- plays well enough during this summer league period, he gives the Celtics another dimension, something they was expecting to get from Neesmith, but Neesmith ended up being better than that. He ended up being more than just a specialist. And that's fantastic because his, um, his trade value is up, his impact on games is up. What he projects to be long-term is completely different now. It's actually far more valuable to a team's championship hopes. But now you need to refill that specialist role because the specialist you got is no longer a specialist, is a two way. This is where Sam Hauser can come in and really define a role for himself in the NBA. Uh, Kyle Corver type guy, just, you know, I want to see more off ball movement off Hauser as well. If you're going to play that, fr- that fr- um, three point specialist role, because it's not going to be free and D, it's just going to be a straight up sharp shooter, then you need to be moving off the ball relentlessly, finding every pocket of space along that perimeter, cutting baseline to see if you can get space on the weak side corner and you need to be doing that consistently and you need to get amazingly um, reliable at finding that shooting space. So finding him just kind of planted in the corners, great, I understand it, but I'd much rather you be moving more, finding those pockets and attacking them when you get the opportunity. Let's be fair though, this was the Summer League roster's first game together. It was. It wasn't great, it wasn't terrible. We had some good flashes, we had some bad flashes. It's going to be... An improved performance every game for the next few games, I think. But again, I'd like to see a little bit more domination out of the guys that are expecting to feature for the Boston Celtics, and I'd like to see a bit more of a role for guys like Mador and some off-ball movement from House. So there are things to look for. There are things to be excited about, and there's also some things to be concerned about, i.e., Romeo. It was the first game. There's still more to come. I don't think that we should put too much stock into this. There shouldn't be any overreactions. There shouldn't be any underreactions. It's just these are the narratives now these are the base concepts the base observing uh, findings and the base observes observes no that's not the right word observations there we go the base observations that we can look for and then start to see how they mature how they alter how how players answer these questions as the summer league goes on it's great to have basketball back. Let's not lie to ourselves. It's uh, Obviously, there's still been basketball going on. The WNBA, there's some great games going on there. We've had the Olympics too. It's not like we've been starved of basketball. But this is the first time we've seen guys in Celtics jerseys play since they lost against the Nets. And for me, personally, I really enjoyed just watching that. I, I enjoyed watching some familiar faces go at it. I enjoyed watching some of these guys we don't see consistently enough, like Romeo, Carson Edwards as well. We didn't touch on Carson. How dare I? Carson did what a third-year player should do. He put on a show. His scoring is typical for Carson Edwards' summer league. Um, Drained quite a few frees. He he looked very intent on getting to the basket. He he looked like one of the better players on the floor, which you're meant to do as a third-year NBA guy. That is your job. It's literally the role you're meant to be given. Lead the offense. And Carson Edwards did it perfectly well. Unlike Peyton Pritchard, I think Carson needs as many minutes as possible. I don't care if you're lighting guys up from free. I really don't. You're Carson Edwards. You have struggled for the last couple of years in the league. You seem to just find a real good rhythm when you've got the rock in your hands. And maybe that's just because you need high usage to be effective. And if that's the case, it's not going to happen for you in a Boston uniform. But maybe he can show you something more as an off-ball guy. If you do give the ball to Romeo or Madure, and let them run the offense. Start using Carson Edwards in a role that would be expected of him in a Celtics uniform during an NBA game. Make him, force him to show you what he can do as an off-ball threat because that's what's going to be asked of him in the NBA. So seeing him on ball is great. Seeing him light guys up off the dribble, pull up threes, that's all fantastic. But it's not going to be what he's asked to do for Ima Udoka and for the Boston Celtics bench. So I don't see the point, and this has always been my biggest issue with the The Summer League is you want to run guys in the roles they're going to be expected to play and then see what they can do. And great, yeah, we've seen that Carson Edwards, when the ball is in his hands and he's running as a point, he can be quite effective. Maybe he can do that for another team in the league. Maybe Brad Stevens wants him running that as president of basketball operation. Maybe Brad Stevens has said... Give Carson a ball for X amount of possessions a game. Let's see what he can do, so we can drum up some trade value and find a team that needs a secondary point guard that can offer some three-point shooting. But if that's not the case, then I want to see him off ball. I want to see what he can do in a role that's actually created and defined to what he could do for the starting five. We're well, not sorry, not the starting five, but the the bench the bench unit. All right, guys, that was it. Nice quick hitter just to give you my thoughts off the first game of Summer League. I hope everybody's having a good Monday. A little bit shorter than usual, only about five, ten minutes shorter. I will be back on Wednesday, hopefully with a guest or with one of the co-hosts. Trying to get back to some consistency now that we're getting closer and closer to the, um, the season starting. I'm sure we've got another dead period coming up, so we'll have to navigate that as best as we can. Everybody have a good Monday morning. As usual, if you've enjoyed the, this episode or if you enjoyed the podcast in general and you're using an Apple device, please leave a five-star rating review. I'm not just saying that because it does make me feel good. I'm not going to lie. I like reading all the nice things you all have to say. But it does actually help the show rank in Apple and on podcast charts more and more. It actually helps draw in a new audience, more listeners, encourages me to make new shows. It actually helps with getting guests as well. So all of those things really help me. And it, it helps Celtics Blog as a podcast, as a as a net as um as a website. It helps everything grow. So I'd really appreciate it if you could leave that five star written review. If you're not using an Apple device, then as usual, Word of Mouth is great. Your Uber driver, your friends at the water cooler, a waitress or a waiter, whoever it may be, if they're wearing Celtics gear, hey, have you ever listened to the Celtics Blog podcast? It's one of my favorite podcasts. Give you everything you need to know about the Boston Celtics multiple times per week. Thank you, everybody. Have a great Monday. Stay safe, and I'll catch up with you all on Wednesday.